G'day everybody and welcome to episode 31 of Expand the Phantom podcast. Joe here and with me as always is Jermaine Parker. How are you Jermaine? Not bad mate, it's good to be back, it's been a while. It has been a while and of course we're also joined by Stephen East. How are you Stephen? I'm good mate, and yourself? Yeah, good, very good. Um, we should just mention, before we get too far into things, that both Stephen and I are getting over what Jermaine has been referring to as a man flu, so apologies <laughs> to begin with if we um, cough and splutter a little bit throughout this, but we should be alright, I think. We'll battle on. Yeah. Very brave, guys, very brave. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen's already finished work, so he should have no excuse. That's yeah, it. I'm all good. The holiday beard's already started. <laughs> Wow, he's certainly settled in. <laughs> Don't you actually have to do some work to to go on holidays? Uh, not at the mate. end of the year. <laughs> Just I've been flat out for the last twelve months, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> This is something people don't realise. Teachers actually don't get holidays until, like, proper holidays until Christmas because they're always programming and things. It's great. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to the episode. So we've got a whole bunch of news and, of course, several issues to cover. So there's some a Some big stuff to talk about yes, as well. Yes, very big stuff for this episode. You're um, a bit excited there, Jermaine? Um... I am. It'll be good to, like, you know, talk about some of the stuff and then, you know, some of the comics that we've got as well. That'll be interesting to review as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so it should be a cracker of an episode. If not, then sorry. Um, <laughs> right, well, let's... Wait for the next one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just skip this. Go to 32. Um, right, well, let's get into possibly the biggest news item um, <coughs> so far. The year? Yeah, I was going to say so far this year, but there's not much of the year left. So, yeah, probably of the year, which is Judith Shepard is no longer um, publisher, or wasn't she director, I think it said? Um, yeah, director it had accredited as, credited as in the comics for a little while. But either way, Judith Shepard, wife of the late Jim Shepard, is no longer part of Fru Publications. She stepped down and moved on to greener pastures. Um, were you guys as shocked by this as I was? I was wondering, how, how old would she be now? I have no idea. Um... Oh, careful where you tread now, Joe. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how, how old she'd be, because I'm not actually sure how old Jim was off the top of my head when he passed away, and I'm assuming they'd be around the same age, so I'd have to um, have to look it up. But no, I don't, I don't actually know. I was just wondering whether, you know, whether it was a retirement or whether she was off to somewhere else. That, that, that was my thinking, but I could be completely wrong. Well, what's oh. the retirement age for women is 60, is that right? Yeah, she'll be older than that as yeah. well. So. so I think she'd definitely be of retirement age, but um, she kept mm. going with Fru for a fair while. So even I think I... she had to go over from Fru as well, because um, there was that whole... There's the whole transition period which saw herself doing it and Steve's doing it for a while and then Dudley jumping mm. on now. Yeah. So that so it's good, you know, like while she may not be the public face like a Dudley or even um a Steve or even like a Jim, she was she she reminds me of kind of like the glue, you know, like the glue that she's there, she knows the business, she knows the people, even yeah. if it's just because, you know, by association with Jim. And I guess, you know, um Maybe the plan all the time was to have that transition period where basically, you know, Judith, this is the way I read it anyway, is that she probably still owns it, 
probably still got major, you know, the major ownership or, or, or however it's set up. And then Dudley's just going to be the face of it, and you know he'll probably continue have to answer to Judith. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I think it's it'll be interesting. Well, it, yeah, that's an interesting point you raised because the way I read her, um, I guess you'd call it press release that she sort of uh, put out there through the Lee Fort Club, um, was that she was completely done with Fru. She was gonna just you know, for lack of a better word, retire, because it just says, at the end of oh. December, I will be moving on from Fru Publications. So if she steps oh. down as director, I wonder if that means Dudley will step up as director and someone else will be publisher, or he's just going to do both? I don't know. What's a director of a publication, though? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. Now, at the company I work at now, it's not a publishing company. They have two directors... And basically, in the short of it is that they're just the owners. Well, I should know there's three directors, but they're just the owners of the company mm. or the major stakeholders, if in a sense. So they're the ones that, if it goes bankrupt or something goes wrong, the buck stops with them. That's yep. how it is in, my, in the company I work for. Um, so I'd assume that's what it is, is that she's not the publisher anymore. You know, um, you know Dudley is. He probably handles the day-to-day stuff where Judith is the director or, the way I see it, the owner. Yeah, so what you're saying is basically Dudley organises the comic and getting it out there and Judith does all the business side of things. Well, I wonder if even she's going to be a, a part of that where it's still going to be Dudley or whoever the other, um, uh, the other lady who... You know, she's probably going to do the day-to-day. It's probably just going to remain um, in... Judy. Judy. Yeah. yeah. It's probably just going to re- rena- uh, remain in Judith's um, name, mm. the company. Because you've got a lot of directors of companies... Well, that's that, true. ...that don't actually do anything. They just sit on the beach, you know, and keep <laughs> doing the money. <laughs> my directors... You're my aiming to get there in life? <laughs> Do they know that you do this podcast, Jermaine? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. That's not the company that I work for. They're actually very hands-on. I doubt they'll be listening to this, but it is an off chance. <laughs> I'm not talking about you, Jane, John, and Jack. <laughs> okay, right. Well, Look, after... you work for Triple J. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I did make that connection. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. So. Yeah, quite a quite a big thing, quite a surprise. It's going to be interesting to see where Fru goes after that, um, well, after this. But something else I thought was kind of interesting in her little press release is that she says, don't forget, f- February 2016, the Phantom's 80th birthday, something very special to look forward to. Now, that could just be, you know, it's the Phantom's 80th, so yippee. But we have heard rumblings that there's something big being planned Yes. Um, for the 80th, so I wonder if that's a little nod. Not that it gives any details whatsoever, but <laughs> the fact that it's highlighted in blue... <laughs> Just draws your eye to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's also inter- ah, excuse me, interesting to note um, her reference to modern technology. Yes. Now, it could just be, well, I don't know, just there to pique your interest, but, it, you know... She does put it in the letter, so we'll see and where that goes as well. in the messages of the publisher of the latest, Fru, Dudley makes a few mentions about 
modern technology in that as well. So interesting yep. times. Yeah, very. Right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next piece of news, which is um, variants of the icon statues were released. Now, Jermaine, I'm going to leave this one up to you because I completely missed this somehow. So what <laughs> what variants do we have now? Um, so it's the different colours. You know the icon statue with the purple one, the one that you're yep. in love with? Yep. So you've got uh, blue... I think it's... What is it? Is it three? I think it's blue, grey, yeah, three. And, and red. red. Didn't they come out not long after the original no, purple they, one? No, they were... No, not, these aren't the pop the pop vinyls. These yeah, are the I, I realised. Oh, so... But they were up on pop culture to buy for a while, weren't they? Or was it just pre Oh, so they've actually been released now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. if right. you're on Facebook, you'll see some of the ones that have a lot of money, like uh, Gary, Terry, Guy. Nice. You know, these... <laughs> oh, I don't actually have them. Um, <laughs> I'm on a bit of a shoestring budget at the moment. Um, so I don't have them. Um I think they're like about 130, 140 bucks each. So if you're thinking about them, that's you know three, you know, you're looking at about 450 to get them. So yeah, I would love them um, if Icon wanted to donate a set. Um, <laughs> we'll do a review on them. Yeah, we'll <laughs> do- donate to review. Yep, that sounds good. And then we can have one. We, we can we can take one color each. <laughs> <laughs> We should actually... Do you reckon people would actually give us something to review? We should actually look into that. Um, yeah. But anyway, just getting sidetracked. Um, <laughs> they, you know, they're the same They're the same design, but they're just different colours. I think they would look awesome, like all four next to each other. Well, there was a f- picture on Facebook, I think, on Phantom Collector, where a guy had got all of them and had them all set up together, and it did look mm. really nice. Yeah. Paid about six hundred dollars to get all four. Yes, so it's it's not cheap, but they do look pretty cool. Mm. Right, so um, are you guys going to try and get any other colours um, or? What? Don't get the first yeah. one yet. <laughs> Fair enough. It's Christmas time. Mm. Um, you should just do that. What you do is you start sending your e- you start sending your wife emails with links of all the latest stuff coming out, <laughs> and um, you know she may get the hint and actually get you something. It worked for me. I got the fruit posters um, <laughs> uh, for my birthday just recently, so it, it worked for me. So there may be hope for you yet, Steve. Jeez, <laughs> there might be a way to do it. <laughs> Come on, mate, if a guy on a casual teacher salary can afford one. <laughs> yeah, you don't have a mortgage and a couple of kids, though, do you? <laughs> well, not that anyone knows of. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, let's move on to the next thing, which is also stuff to spend money on, is um, that Phantom's Vault has some new products. Well, at least new to Phantom's Vault. So they have... Um, received the posters that we've talked about previously on the podcast that originally were uh, for sale in India. So you've got the um, the next man who moves gets a bullet between the eyes poster, uh, the old jungle sayings poster, um, the face mini poster, and the triptych uh, maxi poster, which uh, the, both the jungle saying one and this a maxi poster, which are A2 in size. Um, so it's about 88 centimetres tall if I remember correctly. 
Um, so they're all available through Phantom's Vault now at varying prices. Obviously, the bigger ones are a little bit more expensive, but um, they're pretty cool. They're definitely worth checking out if you want to pretty up your uh, treasure room. Uh, are you guys getting any of these? Um, have you got any? I have some on its way. Um, I've got a friend in India who's um, just sent me some, as well as some of the T-shirts from uh, the, um, the Indian store, entertainment store, I think they're called. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I've got some. I think the great thing now, obviously there's a little bit of a markup, you know, when it comes onto Founders Vault, um, what do you call them? website but the good thing is is that they're there so if you don't have an indian friend that you could buy for you and you it means you can still get them and i think you said they're about between 15 and 20 bucks didn't you uh yeah so the cheapest is 11.95 and the maxi maxi posters um are 18.95 uh sorry 17.95 so just under 18 dollars now that's not bad for a big poster. No. And you've you've got one. You've you've actually just got one recently, haven't you? Yeah, I got the old Jungle Sayings poster, and it is beautiful. It's really nicely printed, nice and glossy. So yeah, I definitely think they're worth the money. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think it's great because you know it's all well and good when you've got the contacts where you've when you've uh, spent the time, you know, creating friendships and stuff like that. But not everyone either has the time or has the personality or, I mean, can, can <laughs> you know, ha, can, can be bothered doing that. So, um, you know, it, it's good that there are other means out there to be able to get some of these cool items. Yes. Um, another poster that they have up there, which is brand new, uh, is a poster by artist Ryan Cody, who um, was the artist for Dynamite's King, the Phantom series. Now, this poster was produced for the Heroes Convention in Charlotte in the US this year, and only 50 of them were produced. So, um, I'm not sure if they're numbered or not. It doesn't actually say in the uh, in the description, but they're 12 inches by 18 inches, and Phantom's Vault are selling them for $28.50. Um, now, given what we have previously said, previously said about the King Phantom series. It might be better to just leave it there. <laughs> um, it's a nice design. I still don't quite like some of the anatomic and the depiction of Devil. I think it was. Yeah, from what's way. what's with Devil's humongous neck? Um, he's, um, he's been in a good paddock by looks of things. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should just stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice design. I don't, I don't, I like the design. But um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, what else they've got, Phantom's Vault, is they've got some of the comics review with the Phantom on the cover. Yes, they do, which is uh, really cool, and they're for varying prices by the looks of it. Yeah. Um, notice how we yeah. just skipped over that last poster. Yeah, I thought it was a nice little skit segue. I th yeah, it was. It's probably the safest thing to do too. Now, I've um, never actually bought a comics review, so do either of you two have copies? Can you explain to us what they are? No, I don't. Steve, uh, I've got, I've got oh, probably about almost a hundred of them now, and I've got about almost all of them with with the fandom on the cover. There's about 
don't know, I think there's about 40 or 50 with the Phantom on its cover, and I've got about 30 of them or something. Um, so basically what it is is it's it's like a um, – it's like a, probably the best way to describe it is it's a combination and you get different comic stories and strips in there. So you get generally you get the Phantom, Mandrake, Flash, Tarzan. Sometimes you get Batman, Modesty Blaze. <laughs> um, I think they might also be doing um, Prince Valiant in there as well. So it's just kind of like a mixture of all of them. So sometimes you may just get a page or two. Sometimes you may get a full story. Um, so it's, I would recommend it if you're uh, a fan of more than one comic strip um, or if you like me and just tr- like to try and get as much Phantom as possible. So, so do they just have comic strips or do they have comic book stories as well? Because, of course, the format's different for each. Just comic strips. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's... um. You know, it, it's how I got into um, a lot of the other ones, like how I, you know, I started reading the Modesty Blaze from it and quite enjoyed that, so I downloaded, you know, the whole series of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarzan, um, you know, I read some of that and I didn't mind it. Um, so, you know, like they've got a few. They've been doing it for about, I think it's about 20 years now, so... Well, according um, to the wiki, there's uh, 300 issues... Um, and the series has been relaunched a few times, um, but in its most current incarnation, it's uh, bi-monthly. So that, that's not too bad. No, I think so, it's about 30 bucks for each one. Yeah. And how many pages are roughly hey? in that? There's some, I just saw that some were $10.50. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the smaller ones. So they used okay. to do them in... It used to be like about 30, 40 pages, and then they've done like a double issue, which is a lot larger. Yeah, so um, when when the relaunch happened and it went bi-monthly, uh, it did so with twice the page count and colour as well, so that would have upped the price okay. for those newer issues. And that's why, if you look on the Fans Vault website, why some of them are cheaper than others. Because yeah. mm. the papers... The paper's a lot better quality, and the cover... So it's, like, square-bound, and then um, and the cover's quite thick as well. Not not hard cover, but not quite flimsy like a furry... or as thin as a, a, a furry comic. Okay, cool. Damn it, I'm going to have to look into getting these now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would recommend them if you're if you like comics in general, or you know if you are interested in some of the other type of comics. Like, you know, they've also had Spider Man was another one that was been in some of them. I think Judge Dredd was even in a couple of them. Oh wow! So um, yeah. Cool. I might have to check those out. Hmm. Right. Well, let's um, move on to the next news story, which is that Lothar is set to guest star in um, the new Sunday story. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the current artist of the Sunday strip, Terry Beattie, has stated that Lothar will, or Lothar, however you wish to pronounce it, will guest star in the next story. But um, we're not sure exactly when that story is going to start or what Lothar's involvement will be. But it's still kind of cool that he's going to be in there. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. A bit different than, um, who was it, that Mary, the the old woman in the taxi? Oh, Mary Struth or Mary Wright or... Her. 
some old bird. <laughs> the, so, yeah, it gets into people's business and. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, um, that was with, that kind of came out of the blue. That old uh, little crossover, didn't it? No, yeah, and then someone put it up on Facebook, uh, you know, from the other um, strip, the Mary strip. I thought, hey, what's going on here? And yeah, they were doing a whole week of it too. Like um, the Phantom had a week of it, and Mary had a week of it. So do you think it was like a cross promotion thing among the strips, or just to shake it up a bit? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But um, with the Sunday story, I just read it um, oh, not that long ago, um, today's um, edition, and I don't think it would be too far away, just judging by the fact that the Phantom's flying away from the Nomad at the moment. So it looks like he's making his grand escape, but it doesn't say um, next week new adventure yet, so we might have another week or two just to go. Oh, okay. But that's cool. just speculation. I, I, I think it's quite clear. I, I don't know anything. I just <laughs> go from week to week. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I must admit, I'm a, I'm a little bit behind on the whole uh, daily and Sunday stories, I must admit. Well, see, I always just wait until they get reprinted and through, so I'm completely out of out of what's going on with that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just prefer to read it all in one go, so. That's the only reason why I've, I've still got um, subscription to the paper. I used to have um, the physical paper, but now I've, I've embraced te- technology and get it on the iPad. Oh, okay. First thing I do every morning, straight to the comics. When we have our staff meetings, they know, <laughs> they know why I'm in a good mood because I watch Hager, I, you know, read Hager and Ginger Megs, bang, then fandom to finish us off. <laughs> nice. That's a good use of your time, mate. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll put you in a good mood for the rest of the day. Yeah, of course it would. Well, see, my, my staff meetings are always at the end of the day, so I just want to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, so we have two new posters in uh, Phantom Men issue one for uh, one one. Uh, sorry, one 2016. I'll get it right eventually. Um, so that's obviously the first issue of Phantom Men for next year. Um, if you subscribe to Phantom Men, you get a fancy Cy Barry poster, um, which is really really cool, and I'm very jealous about that. And then you also get a poster by the new artist, Henrik Johnson, who we'll um, discuss a little bit later on in the episode. That's for the that's for the issues that you get, um, like, at the newsagent. Oh, okay, so the regular issues gets Henrik's poster and subs- uh, people with subscriptions get size one just sent to them, I guess, with their issue. Yes, exactly. Now, um, apparently you can... Um, you can actually get like a three, um, what would you call it, like a three-issue subscription, and if oh, okay. you tear it up correctly, you would get the you would get the Cyberry one. Oh, working the system. Um, so I've I've already got a subscription. Um, you know, I've just got a subscription for every year. Now we can't actually talk about the design either because they've blurred it out. Yeah, that was very cheeky. Very cheeky indeed. Mm. Um. So oh, for those, yeah. so, sorry, Jermaine, just uh, you go. for those that haven't seen it on the website yet, um, uh, Egmont did release a promo for these posters, but in the promo picture, the posters have been blurred out, so we don't actually have any idea what they look like. Yes. It looks like the Phantom running in one of them, just but, and the other one looks very dark. Yeah. So the dark one will be Henrik Johnson's. And so, the <laughs> judging by that last Henry. issue, I'd say it would be. Yeah, and by everything else he's done. 
But, yeah, that's not always a bad thing. No. Mm. Well, we'll discuss his work more when we get to that issue. But, um, yeah, very lucky for people that have subscriptions to be getting those posters. Well, you can buy a subscription. Yeah, I, I know, but money. <laughs> so, well, hang on, let's let's work it out, okay? So, let's work out... I think it was 200... Um, oh, my stupid computers doesn't want to work. I think it was 200 um, Swedish kroner for a three-issue subscription. Mm-hmm. Which, from memory, that's not that much. Well, I'm just finding out now. That is $32.77. So, that's not too bad. No, that includes, postage over here? That's including postage. Oh, cool. oh wow. So you're looking at $11 an issue, basically. Yeah. How do you organise that? Andreas.com. Yeah, go to the Swedish anniversary poster and calendar announced, and Andreas has very, very kindly put a step-by-step guide with translation and what you need to fill in and all that sort of stuff. So you can, can actually do it if you wish. So, um, I don't know if the last issue... Actually, hang on, no, it's even less than that. I don't know if the last issue for this year has come out yet, so you probably want to wait till that comes out and then do your subscription, because then your first issue should be number one next year. Okay. It's even less than that, it's only 120 kroner. Oh, even better. Which is only like, um, probably, how much is that? Where's my Australian dollar? 20 bucks. Yeah, so that's, Wow. It, 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 I'm just looking at the steps. Select your first issue. This must be number one slash 2016 if you want the Cy Barry poster. Oh, there you go. Now, so anyone that complains that, oh, we can't get it, we live in Australia, oh, we don't live in Sweden, they've got no excuses Yeah, now. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, oh, um, and just on an aside to this, um, looking at the screenshot there that Andreas has posted, how awesome do those little magazine, or comic, mm. I should say, holder things look? They look great. Yeah, I've got a couple. There's been, there's about four or five different designs from memory. Yeah. Um, I've I've got a couple. Do you, I don't know if any of you know. Um, I know you do, Joe, but I don't know if you uh, anyone else does. But uh, Luke Gagan, he's got, or he's got all, he's got a lot of them actually in those posters. In the folders, you mean? In the folders, sorry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have seen his photo, and it looks really nice. Yeah. I wonder how much... They'd probably hold, what, 12 issues, for you know, one for a, for a year, I guess. Yeah, so that'll be about... Uh, there's about 20-odd issues, so if they do one every year... Mm. You know, yeah. But either way... They're not bad. I like them. I've got a, like I said, I've got a couple. And and are they sturdy? Like it, it, they look like they're cardboard, but it doesn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're flimsy cardboard. Oh, okay. But when you fold them, you know they they're sturdy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, fair enough. Awesome. Well, more stuff to spend money on. Well, that it. might come in the budget. I, I think I can spend thirty. But God, was it twenty bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I can manage that too, actually. <laughs> if you if you look at the description, you can actually there's a bunch of different um, subscriptions, like we said. And if you subscribe for a year, you get 13 issues because that's how many they release in a year, plus a folder. 
or two use and you get the 26 issues plus two folders. So, yeah, you you can get get it as part of your, of your subscription if you want, which is pretty cool. And they're nice to have. Like, yeah. I used to get the Norway one, but I've had a bit of an issues with that at the moment. Um, but I still get the Swedish ones, and, you know, you can't read them, but it's quite nice to get them in the mail, um, have a look at the art in colour, um, have a look at the stories, you know, because they normally get them before we do in Australia. Yeah. Um, and then they've got, like, little extra little bits and pieces through it all and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy getting them, but then again, I'm... Some people will call my my um, collecting an addiction. Um, <laughs> so, but I, depends. Do you go to meetings? <laughs> but I think for um, fans and fans um, anonymous. <laughs> um, maybe we should maybe we should create that as well. I reckon we'll do a roaring trade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to charge for that though. Eh? <laughs> Maybe, maybe as part of their um, treatment, they have to pay us in Phantom Comics. <laughs> no, I can live with that. Yeah, I, I think that'll be good. <laughs> yeah, but I think for thirty bucks or twenty bucks, whatever we said, to get the three issues, including the Cyberry poster, mm-hmm. I think it'll be. I think it's very worth getting. I think it's worth getting. Yeah, yeah, ditto. I think I'll be definitely looking into that. Right. Well, let's... So, with, sorry. So with sorry. the three issues, you get the Cyberry and you get the um, the the Johnson one. Yeah. So you get both. No, you only get you the don't? Johnson if you're non if you're a non subscriber. So it's basically oh, okay. like if you buy the poster down at the market. So it's only oh. the only the subscribers get the Cyberry one. Oh, okay. I misread that. Then I thought it meant if you subscribe, you got both. Uh, well, the way I understand it's like that. I'm sure we'll get corrected either way. Yeah, probably. Probably. That's all good, though. Right, well, let's move on to the uh, next thing, which is... <clears throat> excuse me, which is the... Um, the 2006... Uh, sorry, 2016 Scandinavian chapter calendar. So that's the Scandinavian chapter of the Lee Fork Memorial Bengala Explorers Club. Um, and each year for the last couple of years, they've released a calendar. And... Um, as it is the 80th, excuse me, 80th anniversary of the Phantom next year, as we mentioned before, apparently this calendar is going to be a little bit special, a little bit different to the previous years. Um, I don't think it's been explained exactly how, but it will be. It would be very interesting to see. But from what I can tell, and what um, Andreas has said, the the layout will be pretty much the same as pre- previous years' posted uh, calendars. Sorry. So it's um, a Phantom Strip calendar with comprehensive um, examples of comics from all over the world. So I guess in a way similar to the diary we get here in Australia. Um, so will you guys be picking one of these up? I know, Jermaine, you get one pretty much every year, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got one already. It's um, on its way or about to be sent or, or something like that. But yeah, I've got one. Cool. Um, now there is a, a link where you can buy them from... So, for instance, if you're not, if you don't have a contact and you are interested, um, I think you can normally get them through Phantom's Vault a couple of months later. And then I think the Scandinavian chapter of the Lee Fort Memorial Bengala's Explorers Club is actually um, 
is actually has set up like a store where you can actually buy it as well. Yes, so. they have. And um, again, Andreas in that same article links to that. So you can jump on there and buy them if you want. Yeah, which again is cool than the fact that, you know, basically you've got a number of options to be able to buy something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, the last piece of news we have um, is that the Indian Entertainment Store, which was the original uh, mob that released the posters we spoke about just a little bit earlier, has now released three key rings, um, three different design key rings. Now, Jermaine's procured himself some, and I'm definitely going to. Um, Stephen, have you had a chance to have a look at these yet? I had a quick look before. I'm just trying to find them again. Um, but yeah, I, I like the. Um, hang on, there it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy looking at the, at the the Swedish stuff there. I thought that was really cool. Um, <laughs> but yes, the 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 uh, good mark. Yeah. Mm. So I think <coughs> so. There's three design. There's the Phantom's head. The Phantom wrestling the tiger, and then there's a, a good mark, and then on the other side there's like a skull mark. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's that you know, like you see those key rings with that hard but soft type of rubber. That's what it kind of looks like. I haven't actually got a physical copy yet, but that's what it kind of looks like. Do you, is that what type of material you guys get the impression of as well? Yeah, I thought they looked very much like rubber key rings because when you look at the one of the phantom's face you can see where they've got the different colors you know how they've got had to carve them out of different pieces of rubber obviously and then stick them together you can see what they've done that so yeah i I think they um i think they look really cool i'm definitely gonna get some and um while it hasn't been officially announced we should mention that it's very likely that phantom's vault will get them because they have got the stuff um the previous things that this indian store has uh sold so there's a very good chance that um, they'll get these as well. We don't know exactly what the price will be, but our um, educated guesses is probably somewhere between 8 to $10, maybe a little bit more for the double-sided one. Mm. So, yeah, I'll um, definitely be getting those. They look very cool. Mm. I might even get two of each, one to use and one to, <laughs> one to keep. That's it, because you got to, yeah... And then you can use them for tr- use the used one for trade later on or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got it sorted out. Yep. Well, key rings, I think, are um, kind of a cool little collectible because they're kind of done for a short amount of time and they're not manufactured anymore. But when they do come out, they're fairly um, affordable. So, yeah. you know, like remember in 96, around the time of the movie, there was heaps and heaps of key rings. Um which now well, goes for yeah, a lot of money. Pins and stuff. Yeah. So I remember I got um, uh, a keyring of the Phantom running, just a plastic one. It was probably, you know, five bucks at the time. And now you see them on eBay for $30, $40. It's a little bit scary, but still. Yeah. Makes you think, man, why didn't I buy them instead of that lolly or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um... Let's move on to what Jermaine's extremely excited about, the issues um, that have come out over the last couple of weeks. But before we do dive into the Phantom issues, I just want to make a quick mention, um, which we haven't discussed here on Expand, mainly because 
well, I wasn't sure if it would fit, but I thought we should we should mention it. Hermes is doing a Mandrake the Magician uh, book. They're reprinting the King uh, Mandrake stories. There isn't an exact release date for it yet, other than it'll be out sometime next year, and you can pre-order it from Hermes Press website. If you have a look on uh, Chronicle Chamber, you should be able to see it in the um, right-hand side panel. <coughs> so that's kind of cool that they're doing Lee Fork's other uh, character as well. Um, are you guys going to pick this up as Mandrake something you guys are interested in? My, my brother is, so I, um, I might just have to pick it up, read it first, then give it to him. Mm. <laughs> Christmas as well. Christmas is coming, so <laughs> yeah. But this is out till next year. Yeah, oh, it's not until yeah. next year. Yeah. Um, now, interestingly, just looking at the uh, description on Hermes Press's site, as I mentioned, it's the King collection, and I think their stories are all original. I don't think there's actually any Lee Fork stuff in here. Just looking at um, at what they've got listed here, they don't actually mention Lee Fawkes. They just say Lee Fawkes newspaper strip, Mandrake the Magician offers readers magic, occult, and the fantastic blah, 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 blah. But they don't actually state who wrote the stories in them. They mention the artists. So whether that's just where we assume that it's Lee Fawkes stories or not, I'm not sure. So, unfortunately... It does say the first five comics in the in the comic book run series, so... Yeah, unfortunately my knowledge of Mandrake isn't brilliant, so I don't know the history of that. So it'll be interesting to see. But I'll probably pick it up, because I do like the character. Mm. Yeah, I probably won't. That's fair enough. It's I know gonna cost, It's going to cost, what, 40, 60 bucks, and something I could be spending on something else. Yep. Well, I, I realise that just because Lee Falk also wrote Mandrake doesn't mean that everyone who likes the fandom likes Mandrake, so... Yeah. That's why um, I sort of forgot to mention it previously, but I thought I'd just quickly quickly mention it now, in case there is any Mandrake fans out there. But let's get on to the fandom issues. So we have four issues to cover, um, three of which are reprints, and I don't actually mind, because they're really good. <laughs> So let's start. Um, has the world stopped turning? Yeah, either that or has, um, you know, has someone slipped you something or, or what? Yeah. Dudley's checks in the mail. I'm expecting it tomorrow. <laughs> A little brown paper bag just. Oh, no, I've got other stuff. Turning through the window. Brown paper bag. <laughs> Attached to a brick, yeah. Anyway, let's get on with it. Um, so the first issue, of course, is number 1740, which is a reprint of Search for Byron. The uh, late Jim Shepard and Glenn Ford um, created story. So did you guys... I know, Jermaine, you would have had this when it originally came out. Steve, were you really yeah. a fan of this? Yeah, yeah, I had it back in the day. So um, what did you think of the story reading it again? Did me or Jermaine? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just anyone you in go, general? Steve. Yeah, you go, mate. It was like you know, meeting an old friend again. Yeah. Yeah, it was always a good story, and reading it again, because I don't think I've read it since, you know, the 90s. Yeah. I have seen the original artwork. Um, um, my mate Nick has um, has a few pages, and it's yeah, quite nice. So seeing it again in, in the in the book is, is excellent. Now, something I, I just didn't get a chance to do was um, uh, compare it to the to the 90s issue. Did any of you guys do that? No, I didn't. Why, um... Um, yeah, I did, because 
there was a couple of things like um, oh, the bar, the bar scene. Yeah, we just flicked to that. There's right a now. double. Um, there's a double spread in the original. It was printed the other way around. Oh yes, that's correct. I remember that. Um, and then in the original on page twenty eight. Mm-hmm. The bottom panel where he's fighting um, the big dude, he um, there's a speech bubble or a thought bubble, whatever you want to call it, missing. Oh, okay. So uh, missing from this one or from the original? Missing from this one. So what does the speech bubble say? Do you have it there with you? Or? Oh, oh, I'm not that organised. Oh, um, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I remember talking about it on Facebook. Um, yeah. What it was was, so like if you go up to the top, panel he's talking about uh, a boxer and then he ah uh, yes slams on the foot and then punches him and he's got the glass jaw mm-hmm. so in that speech bubble it's supposed to be something you know like oh i remember such the boxer's name used to have a technique yeah you know to fight taller it's, opponents oh i'm, I'm kind of glad you said that because i remember like, when i was reading it i remember th- there should have been mention of a boxer, and I thought, oh, just saying it wasn't in the Queensbury rules. I thought there was more to it than that. So, yeah, yeah. That, I was correct. It's interesting. Sorry, Jermaine. Oh, no, you go. I was just saying it's interesting that there are those um, slight changes because it does say on the on the cover that it's remastered um, art by Glenn Ford. So I wonder exactly what the remastering involved, whether it was just touching up the older print of the art so when they reprinted it it looked nice and fresh or if they did obviously they switched those two pages around because that was a gaff in in the original printing yeah um, knowing, knowing Glenn he's probably got a copy of it yeah. on, on on the computer so he probably like you know put it into Photoshop made it darker where needed I don't know if the if the words was um, redone or not but, yeah, you probably got a little few little things like that. Mm. But I didn't really notice, apart from those two, I didn't really notice many changes or, like, many remastering, digitally enhanced stuff. Well, that's why I say maybe it was just touched up so with the new printing it wouldn't... Because I know when um, sometimes if they reprint old stories, this isn't just through, but any, any comic publisher in general, they reprint old stories and over the time the older arts, you know, deteriorated or, you know, gotten a bit muddy, so maybe they just touched it up to make it look a bit nicer. Yeah. Um, what did we think of the new cover? Um, I actually think I prefer the original. Yeah? What about you, Stephen? Um, I don't mind. Was the original more like the back cover of um, the new one? Yes, but, yes, it that was. seems familiar. Yeah. Yes. I actually really like this new cover. I really, really like it. Um, I like the... I think the layout's really nice and the colours are really nice. I don't know if I like it more than the original, but I'd say I definitely like it as much as the original cover. Yeah. Also, like, the... Um, um, Dudley experiment with the fonts with the... Um, for the title of the of the story, you know, The Search for Byron. Yeah. And later on, when we talk about Jewel and Venice, you know, the, the more cursive script uh, script for lack of a better word mm-hmm. yeah it's good mm. um, one thing I really noticed about this story rereading it is how many ideas there are going on in here that never actually they sort of get mentioned in passing and then nothing else happens 
with it just because I suppose I was trying to fit it all into a um, 44 page story but you've got uh, when they're talking about where Byron was lost, you've got this mention of spiders bigger than dinner, dinner plates and deadly snakes. But then when they actually get there, you see absolutely none of that. Um, the idea of um, the plane getting lost, the um, Charles Kingford, Kingsford Smith's plane getting lost, it's kind of like it's you know in there as an afterthought to the actual plot of... Um, rescuing Byron, like it's just something that, oh, by coincidence, this is the the area that the plane was also lost in, and I'm sure that when he was writing it, Jim had huge plans for all this stuff, but, you know, obviously time constraints and things like that, they didn't really get to expand on it, but just, there's so much going on that I kind of wish this was maybe two or three parts, so all that other stuff could get explored, because it's... Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying, because there's also the, the white guys that he's taking in as guides and all that as well, like, you know, they were about to jump the Phantom. And... Yeah, and there's kind of no indication that they're going to do that up until he mentions, I know you were going to jump me, because, you know, they just witnessed him beat the hell out of all these guys, and they were impressed that those blokes finally got was, what was coming to them. Um, something I thought was really funny, though, it kind of showed how, oh, not dated, but just how old the story is and how things were different, where the Phantom offers them $1,000 each to go into the jungle. <laughs> like, nowadays, they just go, a thousand, go away. You'd want to be looking at least ten grand. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. And how Diane is dusting the treasure room at the start. <laughs> well, I can only imagine how dusty living in a cave would be. Yeah, it probably is very, very dusty. I'm sure it needs to be done. But I just thought that was, how are we going to introduce Diana? I know, we'll have her dusting the cave. <laughs> I just thought it was very of the time. Not in a bad way, just, um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. But I also like how the story cracks along at a good pace. Even though there is that stuff we kind of missed out on, it still goes on at a good pace. And you've got whole pages, like page 18, a whole page of no dialogue at all, and yet you really got a good sense of how they're exploring this, you know, vast jungle, and they don't really know what to expect and stuff. I just think it's really well plotted artistically. Yeah. A lot there's a lot of big frames. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um you know like you go you're going through all of them and there's big detailed frames. You can tell you know obviously you know I haven't talked to Glenn about this so I don't really know, but you can almost sense that you know he he was just falling in love with it and wanting to do such detailed, yeah. big frames. Um, it reminds me, not the style, but a lot of, um, like, filming, how, like, sometimes he goes, he gets so caught up in it that you can just see the minutest detail in everything he does. Yeah, I totally uh, agree. I love to when... Um when Byron's remembering when he met Diana and the Phantom during the war on page 38 and Glenn's sort of drawn it in his appropriation of the Raymore style. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Like, you've still got the sort of Glenn Ford detail there, but you've got... It's very much identifiable as, you know, he's he's referencing Raymore there. Yeah, you got the you got the Japanese guys with, you know, big... Cheesy grins that um yeah you know take up the whole. And even though he's drawn the Phantom, it, it's a bit more 
yeah, it's, style too. Yeah. yeah, it's almost more simplified sort of mm. thing. Um, but, <laughs> and I'd love to ask Glenn this, maybe if we get him on the podcast, on the next page, page 40, that top left-hand frame, I don't know if it's just because of the angle um, and the depth of field and stuff, but it looks like the Phantom's got his hand on Byron's face. <laughs> and he's he just like, this dude's... Shush, quiet, mate. Yeah, this dude's dying, and he's like, shut up, shut up, I'm talking to the chief. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's just, you know, an innocent artistic gaff and... Anyone that's ever drawn something will know it's easy to do, but it just looks funny. <laughs> it's like I had no sense to just put it out there. You're almost trying to suffocate him or something. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but it's it's a great story. It's definitely a classic, I think, this story. And I love to, just to go on a little bit more, on page 33, where the Phantom, in the middle of the page, the Phantom's sneaking past the guards into the um, hut, and it's basically a whole half of the page dedicated for him getting to behind one tree onto the hut. But the way it's done is really interesting. It sort of shows mm. each little step. Gives that idea of really sneaking. It's Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> it's like the Blues Brothers trying to sneak into the, um, <laughs> yeah. into the concert hall at the end. Yeah, you just need the music going. Colors Hotel Ballroom. <laughs> I could just imagine Minnie the Moocher playing while Glenn was writing this, <laughs> uh, drawing this rather. <laughs> Anyway, and we've probably spent enough time on that. Anyone else want to say anything else about that issue before we move on? No, I'm good. Right. Okay, well, let's um, talk about issues 1741 and 1742, which um, I think you've got to talk about together because they are two parts of the same story. We've got um, Jewel in Venice parts one and two, which, of course, followed on from the um, earlier issue. So what did we... Th- uh, Stephen, did you say you didn't read this originally? No, this is the first time I read them. So what did you think of these stories, having read them for the first time? Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, yeah like, you, like you opened up um, with the episode, you know, they're all reprints, but it's an excellent story. Oh, yeah, it's a great story. And I like, mm. too, that um, I don't know if all of it has been, but it looks like they've um, redone all the text digitally which is great because in the original printing I think they were doing the text by hand and some wow. of it was just kind of squished into the speech bubbles because obviously um, English and Swedish being two very different languages they didn't always fit or maybe the English word was a little bit too big for the speech bubble or whatever mm. so that now that they've gone through and redone them digitally I think um, I think it looks quite nice yeah it's nice and clear and easy to read and the, and the story kicks along um the, so in the original story, um, not, not, I don't mean original, in the first first part, uh, not John Venice, but the one that came earlier, um, the was that the one? Yeah. yeah. So that was the one where the um, where the knight tried to frame the phantom, but um, the no, the knight and... tried to frame the phantom's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And, um, and then in this one, then it's the... his yeah, son's it's come, the... yeah, to fight exactly. for his honour. Yeah, and I thought that that was handled really well. And then how um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it, but um, how the the son um, comes onto the Phantom's side and, and figures out you know the error of his ways or you know, his perception was a bit wrong. Um, but in the battle scenes between um between the two sides are excellent as well. And, you know when you think all hope is lost and, and then along comes the uh, the cavalry in purple tights. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's very um, dramatic story, isn't it? It's great stuff. Mm, the fight scenes are just amazing. Yeah, that's true. Very it's true. also got that hint of that romance as well, which you know adds that other element, which is you know like for instance where the second phantom with the um, circus's daughter. Yeah. So it's just got that that extra other little element that um um you know just yeah it's just it's just not it's just another little element that works I guess. Yeah, it's a really well paced story I think too. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't sort of get lost under its own weight, which I feel some of the historical stories do, and it just puts along at a really good pace. It's a mm. great... So um. Stephen, you may not know, but if you look at page 13 of um, part one, down the bottom right-hand corner, that little frame of, I must complete my mission in life, that was actually the cover for the original printing in issue 937. And it, it really struck me, because I, I can't remember it from the original printing, uh, having read the original printing so long ago, it really struck me how small that panel is and how big that Fru must have had to blow it up in order for it to work as a cover. It's kind of... Or, yeah, it could have been drawn or something. Oh, yes, I suppose that's true. They could have redrawn it, and I didn't, I didn't think of that. But, now, um... what my... My old man's a painter or a songwriter by trade. What he has done in the past is when he's been gotten a small picture, kind of like that, He's actually used the old overhead. Ah, uh, yep, yep. And um, done it that way, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I do the same thing with um, some of my students if they want to enlarge something. So yeah, it's a good trick. But um, yeah, no, it just sort of struck me just how small that is, and they use it for the cover, which kind of gave me a little bit more appreciation for that cover, I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joe, you really are changing your ways. Well, I, ne- I never said... Buying I, reprint stories. I never said the original had a bad cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of the covers, what did we think of these? Um, yeah, I, didn't, I, I like the... Um, to be honest, I think I actually almost prefer the second one because yep. it doesn't have as much detail in the back. Yeah. In the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've always liked those simple ones myself. Yeah, where but it's still got a little bit of detail, like it's got the the clock or the, you know, the bell, tower. Tower, bell tower. Bell yeah. tower. Um, so it's still got that detail, but it's kind of simplistic in a sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I agree with you. I much prefer the part two's cover. Um, uh, these a couple of Jeremy's. Yeah. Yeah. Did he do the back cover, or I'm assuming he did? I'll assume he did. Yeah. He needs to put his He'll let us know. on. <laughs> yeah, he does. Okay. It looks fun. I don't know if it's the way Jeremy's just redrawn it or, or what, but on the back cover for um the first part, the Phantom Son has given him a really weird look. <laughs> was it his... Is that his son, or was that the no, messenger? That, that's the messenger, yeah, isn't it? the messenger. Oh, it's the messenger, that, is it? Oh, yeah, that's, that's why it. he's giving him the look. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. That makes sense, then. Yeah. Yeah, but he needs to uh, put his signature on him, doesn't he? Yeah. Just so we can, um, you know, make sure we don't bag him out on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe that's why he doesn't. 
Well, it does say here in the publisher that the issue cover has been designed by Jeremy McPherson, once again, continuing a good work he did on the Mystery of the Golden Rune series. Special thanks to Antonio Lemos, who has kindly offered some suggestions and tips throughout the process. Yeah. I reckon that's great. Like, it's it's good to see, you know, um, an old master giving a, you know, a young'un. Um, I'm sure Jeremy won't mind me calling him a young'un. Um, <laughs> you know, like some, you know... Some tips and hits, hints as what Dudley said, but um, I, I really have to give kudos for him having a go, and also for Dudley giving him a go as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, yeah, he, he definitely did both covers. I'm just reading that now. Cool, and I've got to say too that that image of the Phantom in the armor with you know the sword and the skull shield is really quite a striking image. It is. And the nice. yellow, the yellow works quite well. Yeah, it helps it pop out a bit. Mm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Now, talking about art, let's get on to the next issue, which is issue 1743, Ticket to <laughs> Freedom, in which we get our first exposure to Egmont's newest Phantom artist, um, who also did the poster we talked about a little bit earlier. Henrik Johnson. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Um, so let's just talk about the biggest thing first. What did you guys think of the artwork? Yeah. Sorry, something just went crashing. You, my you room. loved it so much you <laughs> fell out of your chair. <laughs> just about something moved in here. I thought, what the hell is that? But, um, well, I think you guys, well, no one else is privy to our um, conversations, but as soon as I opened the book, I thought, wow, that is awesome. Took a photo of it and sent it to you guys. It was just... Mm. It moved you that much. It was just brilliant. And you thought, right, this is, you know, the art's going to be fantastic. Just, it, yeah, it's important to make a good first impression and opening that, that first page is, you know, yeah. that, that first picture and with the phantom overlooking the mansion there, it's just great. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it was just, I, I saw that picture that you sent us and just went, oh, this is, this is going to be good. <laughs> mm. It's, yeah. It's, um, I've got a few things to say. Like, first one is, whatever did Merv Hughes do to be the bad guy <laughs> yeah, in um, I two Phantom that. comics? Yeah, I, I thought, thought that, that too. <laughs> the Marvel guys come back. Oh, poor old Merv. <laughs> but, but he actually gets killed in this one, the poor dude. Like, he must have, um, he must have bowled one too many bounces or something <laughs> to someone. And he's, he's, he's a bad guy twice. So I have to feel sorry for good old, you know, for good old Merv. He does make um, a good bad guy. He's looking pretty fit, though. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm, like, I like the art. Um, I've seen a lot of conversations on, um, Facebook about, you know, about, Phantom's face, like the expression, and I, I think that's either here or here or there because, you know, like, I think there's one where he, where he's smiling and he looks, you know, like he's constipated or something. Um, I can't even find the top of my head, but to be honest, um, I don't really have a problem with it. Like it's very detailed. Um, I don't I, know how many people <laughs> smile when they're constipated, but okay. <laughs> But I, th- I think I know the, what you're talking about. On page 17, he's smiling, and actually when yeah. I saw the smile, I thought, that's the Joker. <laughs> oh, really? I thought that was a bit, a bit too big. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think yeah, there was only probably two panels where, where I thought, oh, okay, and that, that was that one with the Joker grin. And the other one was um, the one that the front cover is based on, 
with the the fist up, and it's just got the lips kind of kind of pack it up. For a, pack it up. And, <laughs> yeah, no, you notice on the front cover, yeah. <laughs> but the the thing, all right, I want to get onto a bit of a rant here, and I've already had a go at a couple of people. <laughs> On Facebook about Oh, well done, Jermaine. Um, I, I had to restrain myself. I purposely didn't post anything. So, so like, I, I'm all for the old classics, Ray Moore, Wilson McCoy, <laughs> Cy Barrett, you know, and they're great. We're not going to dish them at all. But to say, you know, like, people get so caught up with them that there was one comment, and I know this guy's not going to mind me singling him out. <laughs> He goes, it's not classic Lee Fork or something along those lines. Where it's like a couple of things. First of all, Lee Fork didn't draw it, so you can't really say well, it's a Fork he, Phantom. he drew the first couple of frames of... No, but, but he's talking about Wilson McCoy yeah, I know. I'm just Cy Barry. So, you know, you can't really call that Lee Fork Phantom because Lee Fork can't draw. Yeah. We've all seen some of his sketches and all that, and it's... You know, it reminds me of Chicken Scratch. Um, so that's the first thing. Second People just thing, stopped listening. Yeah. <laughs> Second thing is that when Wilson McCoy and Cy Barry first started drawing the strips, they got told off for not being the Phantom, mm. that their style was not the Phantom. Now, we talked about this in the in two podcasts ago with Cy Barry's... Um, uh, interview that that, he, that we posted up on there. So you can go back and read some of that. So, you know, these are the, the two of the classic three that make the Phantom who he is. We're actually told to change this. Excuse me. And now, up until just recently, people who are new artists, i.e. Henrik and some of these other new ones, were always told that they needed to copy Cy Barry. And then there's also interviews with, like, Phil Mang saying that with, like, the Italians is, you know, can you draw? Redraw some of these side barrier strips, and then if you're any good, you can draw the Phantom. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like people are, people tend to be so old-fashioned that they call, that they get stuck in their way, but their heroes have actually been told that their Phantom wasn't the Phantom either. So it's yeah. kind of like, I think people need to... Um, oh, how can I say this without offending too many people? Um, you can't. All right. They need, to get over, they need to get over this whole classic type of thing. And they need, you know, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be loved by the purest. And that's fine. People can love them. And I love them. But you can't not buy a free comic based on the fact that someone else has, has done it. Or call it not the Phantom when... Last time I looked, he's pink, uh, he's purple, he's wearing the tights, he's got the skull mark on it, so obviously he's the Phantom. You know, so it's it's not the Phantom you're used to or the Phantom you may have grown up with, but it doesn't make it not the Phantom. It just makes it the Phantom in a slightly different style, which, if you look over it, Ray Moore, Wilson McCoy and Cy Barry are all three different artists, yep. yet you are calling them the traditional when... Cy Barry had to simplify his work because he was too much like Flash Gordon and not enough like the Phantom. Yep. So I must admit, I do get a little bit narky 
and I'm trying to mellow out in my old age. You know, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a kid now, and you know, and <laughs> trying not to get too many, too much hate mail and uh, into too many troll arguments with people on uh, Facebook and the internet. But I think people need to actually stop and think a little bit before they make stupid comments. Yeah, I totally agree. And if I may have a little rant of my own. Um... <laughs> But before I get into my rant, um, I just want to point this out in case people haven't seen it. Um, Henrik had to do a hell of a lot of work before he was given the Phantom. He basically had to prove himself as good enough. If you read the um, interview that Andreas posted on Chronicle Chamber with Henrik about his work, he worked for DC... He worked for other Scandinavian co- uh, companies, and he also attended the Cubit School of Comic Book Art. Now, for those of you that don't know um, a great deal about American comic history, Joe Cubit is considered one of the greatest comic book artists ever. Full stop. And he has his own art school um, in America where he trains up-and-coming um comic book artists, and Joe Kubert, uh, sorry, Andy Kubert, Josie's brother, and Andy actually taught Henrik. Now, so Henrik has been taught by one of the greatest comic artists in the history of comics. He's worked for one of the major publishers of comics in the world, and Team Phantom Man still went, yeah, okay, but we got to see if you're good enough for the Phantom. Now, you can't tell me, after all that, these guys don't take really seriously who they put on their artwork for this comic. Like, that's just insane amount of stuff. And then before he did the story, he did, like, you know, ten covers. He did... In yeah. the fan, in the Phantom Man issues, you actually have, like, a little character bio, and he did a whole pile of those as well. He's done that for, like, two years as well. So yeah. He's... He had to prove his mettle. Mm. Um, but anyway, my, my little rant comes from the fact that people seem to consider these new artists almost in a void. They don't look at what's been happening around the artists that they're comparing to. So I think I know the um, guy you were t- you're talking about, Jermaine, and he said, you know, oh, it's not like the classic uh, Ray Moore stuff. You know, it's too dark. If you look at Ray Moore's artwork and then compare him to contemporary, say, uh, Chester Gould, who did Dick Tracy, his artwork is really dark. If you look at the other stuff that was in comics in the 1930s, Ray Moore's stuff is really, really dark compared to a good deal of it. So The Phantom yeah. has always been a dark comic. It wasn't really, I suppose, um, Wilson McCoy, just because of his more simplistic style, lightened it up a bit. And then again with Cy Barry, when Lee Fort got into his family-friendly stage, that maybe you know, gave the strip a bit more of a lighter feel, but just in pure regards to the artwork, if you look at their contemporaries, these guys were still doing some pretty impressive stuff. And you, mm-hmm. if you um, know your comics history, you know who Will Eisner is. He's regarded as the father of modern day comics. Isn't there an award named after him, the Eisner Award? Yeah, the Eisner Award is named after him, and it's basically the Logies of comics. It's, you know, a huge award um, in the comics field. And... Will Eisner has actually gone on record and said that the Phantom was a huge inspiration for his uh, most famous character, the Spirit. Um, he took the mysterious qualities and that slightly unknown quality of the Phantom character and imbued it into the Spirit. Now, if you have one of the greatest contemporaries of Lee Falk saying that, he, at that time, saw this character as mysterious and a little bit dark, 
I think you're pretty safe to say that if someone today is drawing the Phantom mysterious and a little bit dark, they're doing the right thing. Mm. You, you know, you can't just look at Ray Moore's stuff or Cy Barry's stuff without considering everything else that happened around it and then go, oh yeah, this guy's not good enough. And that really bothers me, that they just don't take into consideration, yeah, this might seem dark compared to Ray Moore, but what Ray Moore was doing then was dark compared to everyone around him at the time. It's not just the dark. He had to be censored. Yeah. You know, they had to they had to um, put a longer skirt on the girls. Yep. Um, they had to reduce the, you know, the cleavage, the nipples, um, mm-hmm. the violence. Yep. You know, like there was a scene where Diana is strapped in front of a cannon on a, on a boat, you know, from the 30s and 40s. That's, you know, pretty hardcore. Yeah, exactly. And another thing on the dark side of it, if you look again at Andreas's um, interview with Henrik, the very first picture is actually a coloured page or two coloured panels from the very story we're discussing. Now, when you see it in colour, it doesn't look anywhere near as dark as it does in Fru because you have that contrast of you know the colour against the black and white. So when Henrik was drawing this, he obviously drew it for the f- Swedish publication. So it, in his mind, he probably didn't picture it coming out as dark as it finally did in Fru because we're getting it as a black and white book. And just by essence of being black and white, it's automatically going to look that little bit darker, given all the detailed stuff he's got in there. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, I like the dark. Which I think works. I think it works really well. Oh, I think it's, mm. yeah, I think it's great. And um, just on that emotion thing you mentioned before, Jermaine, about, you know, like there's a panel on page 18 where the Phantom's surprised and the um, eye holes in his mark, mask have gone bigger, like people's mm. eyes do when they're surprised, and then um, where he's getting tasered at the bottom, one eye hole is almost closed, like he's, you know, wincing in pain. I, I actually really like that because it gives that extra mm. element of emotion and character through yeah. what really would just be kind of the same face except for maybe the mouth the whole time. Mm. No, I like that. I like that touch touch too definitely noticeable and it's just you know it's not a big thing but it's a good thing yeah it's it's the small detail like that mm. where you've got you know like his eyes moving the mask moving with his eyes it's the small details yeah. that you know that this artist he isn't doing it henrik isn't just doing it as a job that there is actually a love in what he's doing, oh, and yeah. if you read if you read the interview, he talks about that. You know, the Phantom was always one of his favourite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you know, obviously there's that attachment, there's the love there, and there's the care in his art as well. Yeah, um, and he's got but, a visual language happening. Like someone on Facebook mentioned, oh, there's so many lines on the characters' faces. Well, if you actually look at it, you have the Phantom's face, you have the girl's face, you have, uh, I can't think of the character's name, but the African-American guy that works at um, the same law firm as the main female character. You have a security guard at the end of the story. They all have very clear faces in that there's not a lot of line on them. Why? Because they're the good guys. Then you look at all the bad guys and there's lots of lines and they're, they're scratchy and they've got stubble because it makes them look evil. So there's a visual shorthand going on there about who's good and who's bad. And that's something that's yeah. really clever to do. A bit like Wilson McCoy when he made like all the ugly people, like all yeah. the bad guys really, really ugly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they all had cauliflower ears. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
So um, I think we're all fairly much in agreement that this guy is a good artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah when's he doing I'm, his next one? Yeah, exactly. But I, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me that they don't like the art because I think that's their right to not like the art. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, personally, Wilson McCoy... I'm not a huge fan of him. I like him and I respect him for what for the vital part in the Phantom Law that what he has done. But he's not one of my not one of my top five artists. Yeah, yeah I know people where he's their favourite artist, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's all fine because that's the beauty that I like about the Phantom is that you can have different artists doing different <coughs> versions, different depictions of the character, and then you can you know, appeal to a wide range. So yeah. while I may not, while I, while I may like this, some other people may not like this, but that's all well and good. But to call it not the Phantom yeah. is a little bit, or not classic Phantom or, you know, because it's dark where the Phantom's not. It's it's a little bit where, well, hang on, actually get your facts right. Get, make, maybe, and maybe this is a problem with Facebook where, you know, one, people can be a bit of a uh, keyboard warrior without, you know, because, you know, they're not actually talking to someone. And maybe also, too, where it's hard to actually put what you want to say in words in a short sentence on the computer screen. So maybe there's a whole lot of those type of things. But I I think, you know, you need to to give this guy, the, the, the artist, a couple of stories before we probably make a final judgment call on Yeah, it usually takes an artist a couple of stories to get into the swing of the character, so, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah I think Henrik made mention of that in his interview as yeah. well. He said, you know, five stories down the track, I'll probably look at it and go, oh, my gosh, why did I draw that? Yeah, That's exactly. And I'm sitting here thinking, God, if I could only draw that like good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty but, damn good, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. But, yeah, it's, it's very much that difference between personal taste and what is actually good art in the sort of whole gamut of artness because you know if you look at jackson pollock's paintings people go well how is that any good someone just chucked a whole bunch of paint on a canvas willy-nilly but no if you consider what he was doing at the time what was happening around him that's why he's important not because he just got a paintbrush and went splat so i think people need to make those definitions before they jump up and down complaining about why an artist isn't good yeah, and if you don't like it, just don't buy the issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or buy it and just don't read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Stephen? You haven't had a rant yet. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big on rants, but um, but I've just been thinking through it while you guys have been, been going off. Um, <laughs> what, what, something that, um, a nice touch, was, you know, they've gone to the fun fair and, you know, they realise it's going to be a trap and it's this real serious part. But then in come a couple of kids. And it just breaks up a bit, and the fan gets down his knee. You know, a good old teacher trick when you, if you ever teach in primary school, you get down to their level and, you know, talk to them and really engage them. And he takes the time out of this, you know, these, li- these lives are going to be in danger, you know, walking into a trap. Oh, hey, hey there, mister. <laughs> Your costume. You know, are you one of the actors? Oh, yeah, I'm the strong man. You go over there and <laughs> watch me later. Yeah. You know, it was just it was a nice little, nice little touch. Mm. Um, Something else, um, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, the, um, we said it with the, with the others, I can't remember which one, but is this now the, the second or third short, for lack of a better word, short story that we've got now? I think this is the third? Or which, yeah. which part of, um, house, uh, 
Heart of Darkness. So this is part three. So this would be the fourth, because remember there was a prologue, and then there's mm. part one, two, and three. So this would be the fourth. But yeah, my point is that it's not filled with fill, filled with filler. Yeah, that was a great way of saying <laughs> it. But um, it just kicks along, and you don't feel like you're being cheated um, out of a story, even though it's it's not 33 pages, or whatever it's 22. Yeah. And that's um, something someone else on Facebook mentioned. Oh, I don't like how there's so much stuff crammed into one page. Well, if you didn't have all that stuff, you wouldn't get a full story. It would be going back to you know a year to two years ago where all this stuff happened, all this stuff happened, oh, it's over. But it's because we have more stuff on a page now that we get these full, well-rounded stories. Mm. That just that comment just completely blew my mind. I was like, what? You don't well, want to read a full story? What is wrong with you? <laughs> and what I like, but, um, that story where um, the second founder was moping about for you know half the, half the thing, <laughs> yeah. I reckon if that was in a 22 page and just cut out the moping, that would have made, I would have enjoyed that story a hell of a lot more, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, to me, it felt like all that moping was there just to to fill the pages. Yeah, I could be wrong. It could have been really important to the storyline. But... Just didn't feel it at the time. <laughs> no. So, what do you think about the um, the the villain of the issue? I'm just trying to find where they. Oh, he's going to come back. Yeah, you reckon he's going to come back? He's coming back. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they've opened that right up. He's yeah. But who knows? Our paths might cross again in the future. It's the very last thing that the. Phantom thinks, it, yeah, okay, we know he's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I really like too um, at the start where the old guy has the angina attack, and because he's in pain, he leaves you know the the incriminating evidence out. I thought that was a nice little touch. Like it wasn't this convoluted sort of silly reason that he's forgot to put this stuff away. You know, he's an older guy, he's under stress. This sort of stuff happens to him. I thought it was a nice little mm. sort of almost humanising touch. I thought that was really good. And then the other, the other one, like, oh, I shouldn't touch this. Hang on, I've picked it up and it's, I've got <laughs> yeah. it in my office. Oh, crap, what am I going to do with it? Mm. Oh, yeah, and just one thing. He wouldn't be African-American. He would just be African. Oh, yeah, he would be too. Sorry, that's my, <laughs> that's my bad. <laughs> I'm just too politically correct for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, you never know. He might have just gone back to... <laughs> Yeah, he might have originally come from America and he's just working in Mangala now. You know? <laughs> now, the other... I'm just, just trying to be a little bit more serious. Um, um, when you were talking about the shorter stories, how you kind of get... It's a lot more punchier and stuff. The thing I like about it is it almost feels like you get more in a comic than what you did before. Yeah. Because you've got... And I know we're going to touch on it in a second, but you've got The Heart of Darkness... You've got a full story, you've got a backup story, and then you've got like a page or two of the fan form. It's it's almost like you're reading a larger comic than what you really are. Yeah, because mm. there's so much content. Yeah, you because you, you almost don't realise that a story's shorter. Yeah. Um, I guess you kind of do, but you you your subconscious is like, well, you don't really count the pages. You just reading the page, and then it's like, oh, it's finished. Oh, hang on, I've got a, you know, I've got another part of this story that, you know, Heart of Darkness, and you're ready, it was like, oh, man, you know, two stories for $3.50, how awesome is that? Yeah. Mm. And and it's it's good to, like, I know um, Dudley probably had this plan for a long time, and um, I don't know if he had a plan in case there, he wasn't able to get Heart of Darkness, but having read a lot of other comics, 
that have backup stories, usually the backup stories are terrible. Mm. <laughs> so to have Heart of Darkness being a really good story, which, like you said, you may we'll talk about more in a minute, it, it does make it feel like you are really getting your money's worth out of these things. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that, I reckon that is doing a really good job. And to do it that way, you know, genius. But yeah. talk, talking well, about the genius, the form. yeah, of course, because we, 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 we've mentioned this. Yeah, we told him. Right. If it wasn't for yeah. us, it would never happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned the, the forum. I was reading the forum um, the other day when I, when I picked it up. And poor old Dudley, he keeps a bit of a, cops a bit of a bashing here now, from, a, from a couple of readers. That's, that's actually and something. You know what? It's, it's not me for once either. No, no, I'll get to but, yours in a minute unless Joe wants to say something first. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say um, really quickly about that thing, how Dudley's printing... Uh, for lack of a better word, negative letters. I can't remember a time before Dudley being publisher that ne- negative letters were ever printed. I know they were sent because people said on the old fandom forum and stuff like that that they did send them and they never got printed. But I think the fact that Dudley is printing them and admitting, yeah, okay, you didn't like this, this is, you know, maybe you got to think about it this way. Like um, he mentions uh, in one of the guys, he complains about the gap between the various parts of stories that Dudley says, yeah, I can understand how that would be frustrating, but we have to do it because of this. Um, I think that just shows real great character in a publisher that admits, yeah, sometimes they might do things that don't please everyone instead of just ignoring the fact that some people mightn't be happy. And I think that really shows his dedication to the comic for one and just how good a publisher he actually is. Mm. Well, there's the dude Ian from Geelong who, you know, says he... Stop reading past page two, and it's because the oh, fan space yeah. was shut. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and how Dudley handled that instead of just going, oh, well, no, it was part of the story, blah, blah, blah. He went, oh, no, I can understand why that might have put you off, but I think for this reason it was valid. And I think that's a really good way of handling it. Hmm. Yeah, I think we spoke yeah. about that story when it came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we were just commenting about his uh, his earring. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. One, one one bit of feedback. One bit of feedback I do want to give though. Um, Dudley is in. I think it's the first letter you print. Um, the guy says, um, "I would like to see Alexander's Diamond Cup reprinted." No, don't do that. I think I have about 478 copies of that bloody story by now. <laughs> In the early 90s, or maybe it was the mid-90s, it seemed every second issue had a reprinting of Alexander's Diamond Cup in it. <laughs> yeah, just buy, the, just buy the annual. Yeah, but buy any one of the annuals between 1990 and 2000, you'll get a copy of it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and that, that, that last letter is rather, rather interesting there. He's... Rather excited about the the, the heart of darkness. He's. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to have another kid in about nine months. Really. <laughs> I, I was actually I was actually thinking that guy needs to get out and get a girlfriend. He's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy does not need a girlfriend. Or wife is hard enough. <laughs> oh, crazy. Jermaine, we'd like to talk about the heart of darkness. <laughs> Um, well, I guess we'll talk about the first three parts, eh? That's probably a good mm. thing to do, yeah. Um, oh, where are they? Part... Oh, he's got to brace himself, hear that? Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> just go, just Just have to lean. So, what, how should we do this? Should we just, like, um, should we talk about what each part kind of does and then, and then talk about them individually or talk about them as a collective one or what? Uh, I'd say as a whole. It'd be hard to yeah. separate them, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's what we end up doing with Jewel and Venice we just kind of spoke of them as a whole yeah, yeah true well I guess 
I guess it's um at the moment there's not really much phantom in it in the first three parts. It's probably the first thing that got my um um got my attention is but I guess it's because it's setting up the whole storyline, you know, like the old the old classic Diana's in trouble, the Phantom must come rescue her. Um but it's it's I, I quite I, what I really did like was the whole bit in the in the second part where um uh, there's pages taken out of the chronicle. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you just know something's going to happen with that. Um, what I've also noticed that a lot of the panels are a lot smaller, mm. so it's it's almost like he's trying to squeeze as much in as possible, and then he goes with the big. Um, you know, like the big panels towards the end, which is like the big cliffhanger. Yeah. And I like how every at the end of every part there's like a cliffhanger or. Yeah. It's a nice so, way um, of, of grabbing you in for the um following part mm. of the story. It it's reminds like the old me. Serials. Of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that it reminds me of the old serials. I don't know if anyone's ever watched the Phantom serial with Tom Tyler, but. <laughs> It's um, it's it's like that. It's like you know, you have that little bit of adventure, and then it's like, you know, what will happen to the Phantom next? Will he escape from the quicksand? Yeah. And and you know he is because you know there's a next part coming up. But um, well, if you haven't seen the just... series, if you've seen the old 1960s Batman, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tune in, same bat time, same bat channel. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Holy marathons, Batman! I think I'm getting a stitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got to stop, or we'll be at this all night. <laughs> um, no. Something I just wanted to ask, um, and Jermaine, you know a lot more about the story than I do because you've been following it for, for so long. But the, the mummy that comes out of the tomb, his name is Imhotep. Um, is that just coincidence, or is this kind of similar to the Mummy movie or the Curse of the Mummy, if you want to talk about the original? Um. They're probably all borrowed from each other. Yeah. Because you know what, you know, you, you, a lot of a lot of people use the same um, like legends and stories and stuff like that. I don't know whether it's the same one where you know we're going to see Brendan Fraser running around with a Tommy <laughs> gun, um, or uh, the or rock coming out. Yeah, or the rock coming out. Um, oh, some cool CG scorpion. <laughs> Oh, no, but, um, it just struck me because um, yeah, you know, of the similarities, and of course, the Brendan Fraser movie was based on the was it the thirties? I think the Curse of the Mummy, something like that. So um, yeah, I just thought maybe there might have been some connection there, but yeah, I must. Admit, I'm not really sure, but um, I I quite like the the intrigue with the um the bad guy, how he's. You know, like how he cut himself, like the brother, mm. cut himself, and then the the bad guy with the beard and the pokey ears and all that kind of cut himself as well. Yeah, and but then in the prologue there was that voodoo witch doctor fella, and mm. in in was it I think part four we saw Diana when she had a dream. Um, there was a voodoo doll of her, that demon dude, that big demon. Thing yeah. Was. So yeah, it's all very intriguing. I think I think at the moment is like <laughs> we we have to remember is that it's like 390 pages. Mm. We're only you know there's a lot of parts that are being set up at the moment. Like there's the 
the voodoo doll, there's the um, missing great-grandfather or something, there's the missing treasure, there's this dude that is somehow intertwined with the brother, you know, is there like a curse or something? And then there's also the fact where he goes and kills the drunk guy's wife. Yeah. Mm. Where, you know, it's kind of like one of those things that are just kind of thrown in there, but you don't really know what the relation is. And then there's the missing papers that was in the mummy. You know, you know, you don't know whether Diana's the bit of paper that Diana's got is that going to be interested, interesting or important for one reason. Then there's the missing pages in the chronicles. Um, you know, um, you know, the person dead is is she really dead or it's um yeah, it's there's a lot of pieces that I guess are going to start coming together and I'm thinking I'm going to have to reread all these parts quite often to try and pick up on things that we've missed before Mm. yeah but I tell you what it's it's intriguing I can from you know each part to the next I just cannot wait to see what happens Mm. it's yeah it's great stuff so um, the Christmas special is next so I think we'll get no, I don't think it's in that one. I've, so we'll probably have to wait until next year for the next part. Yeah. Because I think it's, um, looking at the message from the publisher, it's Christmas. Christmas, Christmas special. special. Got the, it's got the um, the paper issues, the, the, the dailies on the Sunday, I think. Mm. Yeah, daily Sunday. And just quietly, how good do they look in colour? It's it's different colour from what it was originally. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's that's definitely Glenn Ford. It's almost like Glenn Ford's almost. It's the same, like it's Terry Beatty's and Paul Ryan's art, but mm. I don't know whether it's just the colours or not. But um, yeah, it's it does look it does look good. Yeah. Oh, and um, Rex and the Little People is in it as well. Mm. Yeah. So there's um, uh, so you get the Christmas special. And then you've got, which is out well, 17th of December, and then you've got the annual, which is on the 14th of January. Now, there's occasionally, usually another, yeah, there's usually yeah. one in between, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah occasionally. Yeah, so I'm not, so that may be on like the 7th of January, so we may get another another issue there. I wonder if there'll be a part in the annual. Hmm, don't know. I, I doubt it. I'm interested what the annual's actually going to be because he's made mention of the annual a few times. Hmm. Yes, he has. It'd be interesting to see whether he does another replica with it. Well, because now you've got the replica series, it kind of seems, why would you do a replica issue? Well, I'm just yeah. hoping they'll somehow meet and then they'll, and they'll just skip the replica series, but we can... <laughs> I still think do it. It just should be a separate series to the regular Phantom, so we don't have yeah, gaping yeah. holes in our collections. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm really enjoying Hard Darkness. Yeah. Couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what, what about you guys? You you just haven't really said much. I've kind of. I don't know, Jermaine. You just take over. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm waiting for it to. Yeah, every issue waiting for the next. Uh, see what's going to happen next. Mm. So, when the new issue comes out, do you read the Heart of Darkness or the other comic? I read the other the one other, first. Yeah, I read the other first. Yeah. 
See, I read Heart of Darkness first, then I go back. Oh, okay, that's yeah, that's fair enough. I didn't. I've never really thought about it, t- to be honest. I always look forward to Heart of Darkness. It's not that oh, I don't want to read that. I'd rather read the main story. Um, yeah, it's just I'd just read it from front to back, I guess. Okay. <laughs> not just not imaginative. Um, I have to say though, when you know we heard it was coming out and all the talk about it even before then and how great everyone was saying it. I was a little bit worried that the hype machine would hit it and it would turn out being okay but not brilliant. Um, well, a like, bit like the Avenger movies. Yeah, well, a bit, oh. like, a bit like the second Avenger movie. <laughs> yeah, I still, haven't, I still haven't got around to watching that yet. The se- oh, the first one, though, it's brilliant. But anyway, this is an Avengers podcast. Um, yes, yeah, so I was a bit worried that the hype might make it out to be better than it was, but I've got to be honest and say I'm really, really enjoying it. So, mm. yeah, I think the hype was very much um, justified in this instance. Definitely. Cool. So, anything else anyone wants to say about any of the issues? No, I'm all good. All good? No. What I did like was in the... Second last page of Ticket to Freedom, the one seven four three, where Dudley's talking about the Phantom Diary. Yep. And it's kind of like he lists like the four or five different ways of how you can actually public actually pick it up. Yeah. I must admit that's a good. It's a good way of, and that, I guess with the smaller stories you can kind of flesh out stuff more. But I quite like it how it's 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 promoting it in. The way he promotes it actually makes it sound like a good pickup. Um, <laughs> Instead of us just going, oh, yeah, it's crap. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, and you, know, you can get it from this place, you can get it from that place, so you can get it from here or here or, you know. And, and it, yeah, it does. Like, I'm reading it and I'm going, oh, this actually sounds, oh, no, it's talking about the fan diary. Um, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, too, because Fru doesn't have anything to do with that apart from uh, mm. saying, yes, you can use our covers, do they? So... Yeah, I but suppose, you can actually buy it from them as well. Oh, you can. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize sense. that. I, I didn't read. <laughs> I've obviously didn't read it very carefully. <laughs> but it's good that they're, they're also saying, you know, where else you can get it. If you don't go buy it from us, get it from a news agent. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Brumby or Phantom's Vault. Yeah. Well, it's I suppose kind of... it's you know pr- promoting interest in the character, which is always good for Fru. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. mm. yeah, well I just thought it was nice. Yeah, I just thought it was a nice little touch. Actually, I do have a question for you guys, completely off topic, um, but I was I was looking through stuff I was going to spend my money on, and um, there is a new series of Ghostbusters trading cards coming out next year, which struck me as slightly strange because Ghostbusters and and it's concentrating on the first two movies and the animated series. It's got nothing to do with the reboot um, that's coming out. It struck me as interesting because there's a very particular audience for that thing. And training cards, maybe I'm ignorant to this, but I didn't think training cards were as popular as they once were. So, do you think we may ever finally see the second half of the um, Phantom Gallery series or the third half of the Phantom trading card series? Well, I reckon there's only one way to answer that, and that is to get someone on the podcast and we can actually ask them that question. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) but um i think 
trading cards are definitely not as popular as they were back in the day. Like, I don't know if he's ever collected like the basketball ones or or cr- cricket and footy and yeah, picked up phantom ones. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're not as popular as as they were back then, but they still release they still release them. Like I um, I think it's you know like you you get people that that I've known I know of dealers that you know like pick them up and. You know, I think there's still like a not like a comic con, but like a trading card one in in the US every year. Oh, okay. Like, but I don't think it, it's not as popular as it once was. Like, I remember even in Jelton, a town of twenty five thousand people, where they had a trading card shop. Yeah. Now that only it only lasted probably about a year or two, but still, you know, in a town of twenty five thousand, maybe. 30,000, 40,000 within, you know, maybe 100 Ks, they had a trading card shop. So that's how big it was. Yeah. Um, I know in Perth they had they had one and, and stuff like that as well. But, yeah, I reckon there's still probably a market for it. Mm. Um, I don't know how it will go with the Phantom. Um, but, yeah, I reckon it might be a question we might have to um, ask a certain Glenn Ford, and we'll, we'll try and get him on here. Well, something I thought of that we might have to uh, mention to Glenn Ford when we finally get him on is that animated series he talked about many moons ago. I wonder what's happened to that, if he's still working on it. Yeah, yeah, well, um, never fear, listeners, if you're still listening to us, um, <laughs> after me bagging Lee Fork and everything else. Um, <laughs> when did you bag um, Lee Fork? Oh, he can draw. Yeah. yeah. Like, he couldn't. But he could write, all right? You're definitely right. He just wasn't great at drawing. Um, well, um, I reckon, yeah, I reckon we'll have to try and get him on and we can ask him that, that for a few other yep. questions. Well, plans are in motion, so hopefully they'll they'll come to fruition. But, um, so just on that, if there are any questions anyone listening would like us to ask the good Mr. Ford, please, um, send them to us at chroniclechamber at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, um, all of which you can find links to on the chroniclechamber.com website. Jeez, that was a good segue, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. <laughs> or, you can se- or you can send the hate mail to that, those addresses as well. Uh, no, we'll just send those to Jermaine's address, which is... <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Well, if that's everything, I reckon we wrap this up. Anything else anyone wanted to mention? No, all good. Okay, cool. Um, have a good oh, Christmas, everyone. Have we, have we spoken about those um, Iska boxes? The what? That box. Oh, remember how I showed you that box I got from that hippie shop? Oh no, you haven't. Haven't. From the hippie shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> so. Chris, I wanted to know what you were doing in the hippie shop in the he, first he, place. He was buying I knew herbal, that the phantom boxes were in there. He was buying herbal <laughs> remedies for his. Back. Um, so, <laughs> so tell us what the hippie box was again, Steve. Well, there's this shop and it's called Ishka, and um, you you find them just about everywhere. Well, they're here in Ballarat, and um, someone mentioned on Facebook that they had these their book boxes, and um, then I found out they were fifty percent off. So I got this. It looks really good. Um, it's probably oh, it's bigger than a well, probably not a three, but definitely bigger than a four. Um, and it's got the cover of a, um, I'd say, a traditional fruit, you know, the, the, the blue background with a pose of the phantom, and it's got the phantom written up, up the top. And um, 
Yeah, that's basically it. The, the, the inside of it's lined in, in some type of material. I don't have it right here in front of me, so I, um, no, it's just I'm like going a, off memory. It's just like a storage box type thing. Yeah. But, um, so just, it is it really cool. to stash your stash, and so when the cops raid you, they go, oh, it's just a pile of comments? <laughs> Maybe. Um, does, does it actually uh, fit Phantom Comics? Is it big enough to fit? Like, could you store Oh, yeah, de- it would definitely fit um, Phantom, yeah. Oh, cool. Definitely fit the comics in there, yeah. Awesome. I'm just trying to find them on the website, but I um, no luck yet. Fair enough. <coughs> cool. Well, but if yeah. So if you find yeah find Ishgard, I think they retail for forty bucks, but if you can get there on a fifty percent off sale, which they seem to be having one at the moment, yeah, twenty bucks. So is Ishgard like a chain of stores? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because yeah. I've seen around here the hippie shops we've got is our Tree of Life, but I've never I've never seen Ishgar, so. Yeah, keep an eye out for it. Um, having mentioned that, and of course the key rings that we mentioned at the, earlier in the episode, I'll put pictures of those up on the um, same lifting, listing with the podcast so you can check them out, uh, if you so wish. Mm. Cool. Right, guys, well, I reckon that'll do us for this episode. Um, yeah, have a good Christmas, everyone. Yes, have a very good Christmas, folks. We may not, we might get one more episode out between now and Christmas. We'll just have to see how we go. But if not, have a have a brilliant one. Hope you get lots of cool phantom stuff under the tree. Yep, get your phantom subscription. Yes, get your get, phantom men. Yep, definitely do that because um, we want those leaf fork ah uh, leaf fork Barry posters. Yeah, it's not leaf fork. You can't draw. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna get so much hate, Maldrum. <laughs> okay, right on, guys. Well, uh, thank you again for joining me and. Um, We'll catch everyone again soon. See you later, guys. Bye. See ya. Yeah, have a good one.